We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday... Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, maybe inappropriate for children under 13. I think we spent a lot of time talking about something that's not going to happen. I, 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 I've been so good about being non-shenanigans oriented, so <laughs> okay. forgive me. This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast, brought to you by Rotowire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For news, rankings, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, Head over to rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Gottlieb and Andrew Laird. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. It's been a long time, but we are brought to you by Mac Weldon. Head on over to MacWeldon.com and enter the promo code ROTOSOCCER, R-O-T-O-S-O-C-C-E-R, to get 20% off your order. I am your host, Mike Gottlieb, and with me, as always, is Andrew Laird. So much has happened, Andrew. I don't even know where to begin. We begin with the best game of the weekend, 
or the worst well, game. Yeah. It depends how you're going to look at it. Well, uh, let's get right to it then. Uh, we have Manchester United led by Jose Mourinho uh, at uh, at Old Trafford playing against his nemesis, the specialist in failure uh, in Arsene Wenger and Arsenal. And Is it really for a nemesis? Two... It's like one of those situations it's where sure, everyone's it's... like, it's a big rivalry, but if like one side always wins, like, is it really that much of a rivalry? Well, these are two of the most historically successful clubs. I mean, usually we're not usually we're talking Mourinho and Chelsea, but no. Now he's with, you know, now that he's with the Manchester United, this is one of the this is the winningest club of the Premier League, and Arsenal are right behind them. Yeah, it's. I'm just not sure the Wenger Mourinho f- falls into or falls into the nemesis category. Is that what you said? Uh, nemesis, right? Well, I believe more that Mourinho is Wenger's nemesis. Famously from yeah. Snatch, or famously, Daddy, from, if you will. Fam- famously from Snatch, hmm. the movie Snatch. Yes. Uh, Nemesis is is, is uh, the inescapable agent of someone or something's downfall, and with this November slump looming over Arsenal, and what do you know? Just to hammer the nail in the coffin, here comes Jose Mourinho, or uh, they travel to Jose Mourinho's house yeah. in Old Trap. So I was talking to is the appropriate term here. Fair enough. Yeah, I would say one way I I would say Mourinho is Wenger's nemesis, not necessarily the other way around. But um, I was going back and forth with um, our friend Chris Mazinski on Twitter, and he thinks this game is going to have like a ton of goals in it. There's no way this game has a ton of goals. (laughs) That's kind of what I thought. He said it's definitely going over the two and a half. And I'm I I will uh, fight him tooth and nail. I have one (laughs) one. I uh yeah I think one one is like the the absolute most I mean when when these two teams play or these two managers play excuse me um, they're usually pretty ugly uh, there's usually a red card and there's usually and one not of the coaches sits Arsenal in the stands win. by the end yeah, one <laughs> of the coaches sits in the stands right I mean there's just uh, we have a lot of weird variables too that uh, Ibrahimovic is suspended uh, Wayne Rooney left. Uh, international duty early because of like some minor injury alexis sanchez is coming back from um south america so we don't know if he's gonna play uh hector bellerin is out it's kind of like a weird this is, these are definitely not the 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 best of these teams that we're gonna get and yeah most people think that international break means that people were well rested not for right. that not not for the top teams because a lot of their players have to travel long distances yeah so. or and even those that that don't have to travel that far i mean it's still these are still like highly competitive i mean there are some international breaks that are kind of a joke with a few well, friendlies they, thrown in yeah, but these well, are like yeah, big time world cup qualifiers there were friendlies thrown into this one that's so. true that's true uh, but, at least for the european based players european not ones, for the, yeah. yeah not not for the south american based no. players but and all the americans uh, yeah correct well, we, we won't talk about that. <laughs> no. Um, so for Manchester United, uh, it, it's bleak offensively. That's the best way you can view it at this point, right? I mean, it, you, we talked about it, you know, a little uh, a little bit earlier in the week. You know, how are they going to line up? And you think it'll be Martial, <laughs> Rashford, and maybe Juan Mata leading the charge. And I'm like, I don't want any part of that. Yeah. I think I threw Rooney somewhere in there too. It, it all depends on whether – they use uh, Ander Herrera and Michael Carrick or some combination of one of them and Fellaini if he's fit. Um, if they if they go to this kind of double pivot that we've seen them use off and on, which allows Pogba to play the 10, then I think that's a very different United side. But if they need to play 
either Mata in the 10, and not that he can't play that role, but it basically uh, takes away Pogba's ability to take over. Um, I don't know. There are just a, a lot of question marks, and it's kind of just a weird a weird yeah. lineup that they'll have regardless of how of who plays. You know, the weirdest thing that I've read in a long time is that Real Madrid are interested. If you thought that Real Madrid were interested in a player in this game, who do you think it would be? I saw who it was, um, and it was one of the most like ridiculous, like not the most ridiculous, but we've seen far more ridiculous. But the rumor is that Aaron Ramsey is now Real Madrid's like top target, which like what? That is <laughs> if, so. If they said like he was like a coaching Ramsey. target, I would believe that. But like clearly, like his agent is trying to desperately get some sort of new deal, and the easiest way to do that is to say Real Madrid is in, interested. But like, come on, come on. Well, he looks good with the most recent trend in Spain: bleached Jeez, blonde hair. Blonde hair, yeah. <laughs> Messi already got rid of his. So, yeah. well, you know, not everyone's. No one's perfect, right? Yeah, I mean, Aaron Ramsey. Come on. All right. Defensively, uh, would you take? I mean, these are a lot of high, there's a lot of high priced defenders in this game. Would you take any of them? Uh, and well, goalkeepers too. Yeah, Carl Jenkinson might be the the key cheap one, but other than that, I mean, you've got uh, Marcos Rojo could play center back. I think Smalling is fit, but it's a matter of whether Mourinho chooses him over Rojo or Daly Blind. Theoretically, we see Darmian and and Shaw out wide, but I don't know. I, this game. Could, you could see Ashley Young at left back for a reason only Mourinho knows. I'm not sure. I think he played more of a midfield when he did play. I, I, look, I, I'm, just, I think, I'm, just, I'm just saying anything is possible in these games. I'm I, not yeah, saying that yeah, it, yeah. you can't play him as a defender whether you want to or not. So. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I mean, the on paper, Arsenal should take this, I don't want to say easily, but they should win this game. But uh, even even on the road, I mean, all all signs point to a draw for me. Like if I if you know, gun to my head, betting this one, yeah. I would bet draw. One, yeah, one one. Yeah, I think that's that's probably the safest assumption. Yeah, and I think if anyone wins it late, it'll be like a late penalty, like a handball in the box or something. Uh, oh, it's totally gonna be that. Now that you said that, ugh. Arsenal winning one nothing for most of the game, and then somebody stupid getting a penalty. Yeah, Aaron Ramsey. All right. Uh, <laughs> All right, let's try and keep the we're going to try and keep this podcast tight so everyone can get back to their days. Uh, Sunderland is at home uh, against Hull City, who actually have loved traveling to the Stadium of Light. I think they won their last two there, but Sunderland and both Hull and Sunderland got wins for the first time in a long time last time out. Mm. Uh, Sunderland since last season and Hull since August. So, uh, two teams that are. <laughs> I I'm going to try and make this sound exciting. Two teams that are trending in the right direction. There you <laughs> go. Square off at the Stadium of Light. Uh, but in this game, it's – if you take anyone in this game, it's 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 like um, you just hold your nose and you hope for the best. Like you're not going to watch. Uh, I agree. You could make the argument that this could have the biggest total of the, of the weekend, No. I mean, these are the yeah. two worst defensive teams, and we've seen them score. Like, we know that, that Robert Snodgrass can explode and Defoe can score twice. Like, there are, there could be Victor Nietzsche, anyone? You, I can, I can just, I can just sense you reaching deep down into the darkness of your soul <laughs> and trying to come up with something exciting to describe this otherwise dull affair. Uh, I mean, 
the the need for three points from both teams in this game is huge. Like you you tend not to stay in the Premier League if you drop points to either Sunderland or Hull. <laughs> and so yeah, this is they this should is be attacking, the, right? I mean, you need to score to to win. So they call it a relegation six pointer. Yeah, yeah. But for I mean, they Premier League coaches, a lot of them have come become like NFL head coaches in that they are so, yeah, so tight bummed yeah. and so so adverse to any kind of risk. They would rather draw nil nil than try to win three three two. You know? Yeah, but I, I mean. But we, it's so hard to predict. You know what games are going to go in high scoring. I mean, you can you can you can take educated guesses, but at the end of the day, it really we we know we know just as much as the average you know average Joe and Jane when it comes to that. So it's because you know, last time out it was Crystal Palace and Burnley that that gave us Burnham. a five goal. Oh, oh Burnley. No, 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 right, Bur- right. no, Burnley yeah. that that gave a five goal thriller. Yep. So I mean it's. You never. These are the types of things where we're giving you educated guesses here, but at the end of the day, they're just that. I mean, for me, this and educated this, is highly questionable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, in Sunderland and Hull, yes, they have been bad defensively, but also because they've played good teams. So it's it teams far better than each other. So this could be the the boxing match where both boxers dance around and don't throw a punch. So you think it's scoreless? Like I just be, struggle with the pure ineptitude of these defenses that there will be no goals scored. There's also ineptitude up front besides for Jermaine Defoe. Uh, let, let's be honest here. And oh, there's definitely ineptitude in both midfields. How dare you speak of Robert Snodgrass like that? Yeah. Uh, yeah uh, <laughs> How dare you, sir? <laughs> I'm the I'm the I'm one of the bigger Robert Snodgrass believers, and I still yeah. believe that there is ineptitude all over this pitch, and that means that no team's going to really control or boss the game around. They're just going to hope for breaks here and there, and these two teams are very inept at doing that. I'm hoping this is a Patrick Van Anholt coming out party that they give him the free kicks because Wabi Kazri uh, doesn't even seem like he's going to start. Yanazai is hasn't been, really been taking them, and they just don't have a lot of guys to do that. So I'm hoping this is Van Anholt's coming out party. And you are they, hoping, and then they move him to a midfielder. A, you are now hoping that a defender becomes somewhat something else. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So again, hold your nose and pray for the best. Is there anybody other than Defoe, Snodgrass, and Van Anholt you'd think about in this game? Jordan Pickford, because I think this game is so inept. Okay. So you like Marshall too, or you think that Sunderland takes uh, one? Not as much. I think Hull will get more shots. To yeah. be fair. Pickford's the most expensive goalkeeper on FanDuel this week. Yeah, I can see why. I mean, he's he's faced a lot of shots recently, but that's not – this game I don't think there'll be more than five shots on target total. Yeah, right. Okay. So I don't think there's a lot of saves to go around because these – like I said, these two teams are just inept. Jermaine Defoe, by the way, he doesn't shoot goals – he doesn't shoot shots at the goalie. They either go in or they go high or wide. Yeah, and he doesn't take a ton either. <clears throat> Correct. He's, he's a poacher and an opportunist. Yeah. That's really what he is. Mm-hmm. And then Hull City, you can pick any one of their forwards, and they they like to shoot high and wide. They love <laughs> to shoot high and wide. Oh, my God, if I can have a dime for every time I saw Apple Hernandez take a shot from outside the box, go into the second deck. <laughs> All right, your boy uh, Bocani should get a start. but my, yeah, Right. The only boy <laughs> I had from Norwich is playing in Southampton. Now. Right, yeah. Yes, exactly. His name, Nathan Redmond. Okay. All right. So uh, let's move on here. We have 
Uh, Leicester City traveling to Watford. Uh, so less, so a little trivia, Andrew. Uh, these two teams have only played each other four total times in the Premier League, and Leicester City have won three and drawn one. Now, past results do not dictate future behavior. However, this season, Leicester are 10 points off their championship pace, but that's to be expected, right, Andrew? Definitely expected. I mean, maybe not 10 points. That's that's a decent amount, but they, I mean, they're going to win their Champions League group, so they have that going for them. Yeah, and, and it, there seems to have been a tactical decision, at least, to to do well in Champions League because, of, of course, they're going to get a lot of money for advancing to the group stage as well. So it's it could be more financially beneficial for them to fight for better Champions League places and better cha- better Champions League finish rather than you know scratch and claw for you know seeds eight through six. You know, because <laughs> right because right now I think they're only two or three points out of relegation. So. Um, they've kind of made the tactical decision to kind of go at the, the, the Champions League for now, at least. At least what it looks like. But uh, in this one, I still like Leicester, even though they're traveling to Watford, who are flying high right now in the Premier League. Yeah, I, I totally disagree. Um, maybe not totally dis. Well, yeah, I totally disagree. I mean, they have... Leicester haven't won uh, on the road yet. They've scored four times in five games. Uh, Leicester playing, or excuse me, Watford are playing well. Leicester have this, as we said, they have Champions League. They have Champions League on Tuesday. It is at home against Club Bruges, which is one of the easier matchups you can have, but it's still something to consider. And I don't know, I kind of like the way Watford's playing. That uh, I think yeah. we should be able to get some fantasy value out of them. Yes, uh, seventh. Uh, I believe they're seventh in the Premier League currently, which is you know just like they did last year. They started off very hot, and then at a certain point, they just kind of either ran out of steam or knew they were safe and start hit the complacency button. Yeah, I think that is but, it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- th- it could be a lot of things. However, one thing that we do need to take note of here is that there's a lot of people chipping into the success of Watford. It's not just Troy Deeney, like it, or Odiani Gallo, like it was last year. That fantasy well ran deep. Yeah. The They've gotten a lot of production out of um, Jose Olebas, who is actually suspended for this match. So I think we we might be able to see your boy Juan Zuniga, which will will be fun. But uh, Olebas had actually been taking corners, so theoretically those will go to Roberto Pereira now. Um, I don't know if Capu will try to poach a few himself, but yeah, they they have been productive fantasy pieces, but. It, they don't all like you got to nail the right one. Like Nordine Amrabat's had some some decent games. Uh, you're probably fine if you've been <laughs> avoiding Odiani Gallo all season. But uh, you know we've seen like good games out of a few different guys. Janmat, you know, should could be able to do something. Depends if they play a back three or a back four. But um, I don't know. I think the, I think there's some value in this game from the from the Watford guys. I, 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 I'm not saying that Leicester will shut them out, but I do think that Leicester can come away with a 2-1 or a 3-2 even. I think this is the one where you might see some some fireworks. This is the game where I think there'll be some excitement. Uh, I'm not I'm not saying I'm going to watch this game, but I am <laughs> going to say that I think that there can be or will be some excitement. You don't like excitement? I do like excitement, but I think there'll be a more guaranteed bid for excitement elsewhere. Where do you think at, the goals come from for Leicester? <laughs> just simply slim on the front line. The, well, the front line has been so inconsistent in terms of who's starting. So oh. I, I think I, I, I think that's I think when if you could say like who starts for Leicester, I think you could probably go Slimani, Musa, Mahrez and Vardy. 
Like I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I do like Musa a lot. Yeah. So, and he's been playing well. So, I, I do like Ahmed Musa if he starts, and I also like Islam Slimani because I think that Watford central defense can be had in the air. So, um, to be honest, yeah. they can be had anywhere. <laughs> yeah, particularly in the air. Okay. Uh, where Slimani excels. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why I would take him over. Let's say someone like uh, someone like Vardy who needs to run in behind. Would you take uh, him I over Dini? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I have them. I mean, I think in the rankings, I have them pretty close to each other. So, um, man, that, that's that's a tough choice. I think gun to my head, probably I would still take Dini because he takes penalties. But um, what kind of situation would you find yourself in where somebody would have a gun to your head and decide having to decide between those two? You're right. You do have them right next to each other. Seven and eight, Slimani. Yeah. Uh, I. If situation gun to my head and they say you got to pick Troy Dini or Islam Slimani, yeah, I mean, you really it, found yourself in some, yeah, that's in trouble. Yeah, it's like uh, <laughs> it's like a, a Aziz Ansari joke of where someone uh, someone uses joke. Uh, he he tries to justify his obsession with Wikipedia by saying, well, what if a murderer comes at me and gives me Joe Pesci trivia and he asks me what was the album that Joe Pesci did as a child and, and you can respond, little Joey sure can sing. You know, it's just like. You know that that's the that's the kind of situation you'd have to be in. Okay. Obviously, Aziz Ansari tells that joke way better than I do. Mm, maybe. Uh, yeah. Maybe. But uh, one thing that isn't a joke is Manchester City struggles as they travel to Crystal Palace. That's a real professional segue there. <laughs> uh, Manchester City, I think they've drawn three in a row, and I think they only won one in their last five in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. So it's been it's been a, it's been tough sledding, but Crystal Palace. They've been in even tougher sledding, and they, again, as I mentioned before, were on the other, they were on the wrong end of a five-goal thriller against Burnley. But it's basically will will luck and being at home propel Crystal Palace to not necessarily win the game, but have Manchester City miss enough opportunities to not win the game? I don't think so. I think this will be pretty one-sided. But that and, being said, like Man City doesn't really shut anybody out. So I think there is a goal from Palace, but I think it's more likely to be some junk penalty than a gorgeous Andros Townsend cross to Christian Benteke's forehead. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is going to be like 3-1, 4-1 or something yeah. like that to, to, to Manchester City here. Yeah. City are the biggest favorites on the slate, even though they're on the road. Yeah, the, yeah the Manchester City's game travels everywhere. It's just a matter of whether they can actually put balls in the net. Yeah, they've actually been better on the road. Yeah, that, that makes total sense. Um, it's for me, this game is really more about, you know, is you know Kevin De Bruyne fully healthy after you know he did return before the break, but there were rumors that he was still not a hundred percent. I want to see how he looks and Sergio Aguero just making sure that he continues his good ways in the Premier League and. For me, the one worry is still, you know, David Silva's role. I mean, he's been okay. He he. If you drafted him in like a Taga league, you're not getting the value out of him. No. And he's usually not worth the price in daily because nope. I mean, you're really just hoping for like the occasional assist, and that's not what you want to chase at that price. So, I mean, I, I kind I think I called this pretty early here in the in this in early in the season, but. I really think that David Silva is for. I mean, for the price you paid, he's been one of the bigger busts this season, along with Deli Alley. Yeah, I think that's that's fair. Deli Alley's come on a little bit of late, but yeah, the weird thing about Silva is that even if he wasn't um, getting assists, uh, 
you know, he was still like creating a ton of chances. And for, I mean, that applies now on FanDuel or it's always been the case on, on Taga, but uh, it just like, it's not happening this year that he's now like two passes behind instead of one pass behind. And so, yeah, it's uh, I agree. He's been kind of a bust so far. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, him, Deli Alley, Christian Erickson, those are the kind of guys that, you know, a lot of people like, and I never really did, even though I wound up with David Silva and Deli <laughs> Alley on the team. Nice. So, um, hey, I'm in first place in that league. What can I say? Um, for me and, and Crystal Palace side, I, I mean, I know, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure there'll be a goal, which means that I might be inclined to take Christian Benteke if he weren't so darn expensive now. <laughs> yeah, I would. I think I'd rather stick with guys like Punchin or Townsend, maybe Kabai. Yeah. Townsend's really expensive on DraftKings at this point. But, yep. Um, I don't know. I'll I, I'll try to build my lineup with non-Palace guys this week. I don't. I yeah, just that, don't see yeah. it. I was about to say, there's definitely value elsewhere, and yeah. a game where I think that there is value elsewhere is Everton at home against Swansea. Uh, Swansea, who under Bob Bradley are winless in four. Uh, no Swansea manager ever has gone winless in five. Is that so, right? Wow. That, yeah, that is correct. I, uh, and I got to be honest, Bob Bradley's going to go winless in five. There, I, there is, I don't think there is a single source of chance in terms of them scoring more goals than an Everton side at Goodison Park. I agree. Totally agree. Um, the, you know, he's still kind of tinkering with his lineup. Um, and then defensively that that's, that always causes problems like consistency along the back line. is just so key. It's why Chelsea has been so good defensively. Those guys have been playing together for quite a while. And, um, you know, you just see good partnerships, uh, you know, that, you know, if they if they play enough together, they know where each other's going to be. And I mean, he's and obviously, he you know, he's trying to see what kind of players he has. But uh, I think we it feels like we've seen 17 different guys start uh, at in one of the defensive spots in the last four games. And so yep. there's no there's no reason to think that they should be able to to handle um, this Everton attack. Yeah. And I mean, for Everton. I mean, I think we all rank Romelu Lukaku very highly. Uh, I think that almost every option you'd want to have, you should use. Yeah, it's kind of a weird, at least the way that Everton are, like the, like if you're playing on DraftKings, this is like a heavy favorite, and you're like, all right, who takes the set pieces? And it's like, well, Morales sometimes takes corners. Lukaku's taken a few free kicks recently. Uh, Leighton Baines is come, should be back. Um, I mean, he's he's available to play. I don't know if he'll start, but if he does, like he could poach a few. And so you have this kind of like shared situation. Balassi's obviously really good in open play, but um, for a format like FanDuel, he he just doesn't do a ton. He doesn't get a lot. You know, he takes shots, but they don't go on target. Uh, the crosses don't matter there. So um, Lukaku is obviously the best option in this game, but even he, you know, he's pretty goal dependent, and so. It's a weird, like, heavy favorite where every single one of their players has a question mark on at least one or two, uh, you know, fantasy games. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're goal dependent, I don't know. If there's a better situation this week than being at home against Swansea. Um, that's a good that one. That's a good one. I mean, there's, I think there's, it's not many, top... there's not many better situations that you can be in. I think the only the only one that you could argue is Spurs at home against West Ham. And we'll get to that game yeah. in just a little bit, but uh, it's all Everton all day, and I, I, I would I would recommend a Swansea option if I knew who was playing. 
Um, uh, Gilfie Sigurdsson is one of the only players who I think I know is going to play, and th- that's about it. Yeah, it is kind of weird that he's pre- – I mean, Routledge has actually – I think Routledge has started every game. Uh, Key has been getting some run lately, but, you know, who knows. And I, lo- uh, I-, I love Mo Barrow, but – Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think he started the last game. Um, yeah. I could be wrong about that. But, yeah, I mean, the defense is like, you know, they have uh, Alfie Mawson and – Kingsley, Ben Kingsley, not Ben Steven. Yeah. Vanderhorn, Wrangle, Naughton. Um, so it's just like, but even that you're not going to take any of the defenders at Goodison park. So I think at some point Swansea may start six defenders. (laughs) Who do you like if both start between Coleman and Baines? Coleman. Baines can't get up and down the pitch anymore. I said that since the beginning of the season. I'm not sure. Does he have to against Swansea? Yeah. Yeah, because if there's one thing Swansea has, it's speed on the wing. Not if Barrows sits. I mean, uh, uh, the, the, I mean, even if it's Wayne Routledge, I mean, that's, I that's, that's yeah. he's, he's real fast. And if Jefferson Montero gets the odd start for some strange reason, mm. he's quick. I mean, it, it's unless it's like Key out there on the wing for a reason I wouldn't understand. You never, you never know. Midfield. You never know. He plays central midfield. I, I have no <laughs> idea. Uh, it, it, maybe it's Leroy Fair. I have no idea who who's going to play out wide, but mm-hmm. I, I would still like Seamus Coleman better. Okay. All right. It, it, and it's also because I, I mean it's two reasons. One, I want to be proven right that Leighton Baines is way past his, his <laughs> usefulness, uh, yeah. and I, I think I've been proven correct, even though it's by injury. But you know, the one I remember the one time I did start Seamus Coleman, he did score. Okay. <laughs> so, oh, so yeah, you got the. <laughs> I've got that too. Just remember that past results don't guarantee future returns. Yeah, that's right. They do not dictate future behavior either. But uh, two teams that have had bad past results, and you can predict that their future behavior will probably be very similar, is Stoke City at home against Birdmouth. Birdmouth, of course, on the road means can't use anybody. <laughs> Stoke City at home means you probably shouldn't use anybody because it's Stoke this season. So, uh, I mean, even though a lot of people uh, – a lot, I, mean, I think I saw Lee Grant being ranked pretty highly um, – probably because of the amplitude of Bournemouth on the road. Uh, there's really I – mean, Jordan Shakiri, I believe, is a doubt still to play. Uh, Marco Arnautovic returns from suspension uh, and the international break, of course. But for Stoke, I mean, w- let's let's just say Wilfred Bonney here. Would you start no. him? Oh, gosh, no. Uh, it, it, <clears throat> he's goal-dependent with no goals. Yeah, I actually like Josh King on the other side better than I like bon- uh, Bonnie. Uh, I think it sounds like Shakiri is going to play. The weird thing is, is that um, they're going to Stoke are likely to be without their two defense starting defensive midfielders. So like Glenn Whalen and Jeff Cameron are out, which means um, Charlie Adam is probably going to Chucky his, Adams his, yeah. keep his starting spot. And we might see uh, Gianelli and Beulah, who has has been like stuck on the bench this entire season, which is just baffling to me, um, particularly just for how poor they've been. Uh, defensively that somehow he doesn't fit in. But um, Charlie Adam continues to be so cheap. And uh, I mean, he does enough that he's well, you know, he could pay off a kind of a, a nothing salary, but yeah, I think this game is going to be better than people think. We also have to, there's going to be some sort of burn myth back line shuffle because um, Adam Smith is suspended. So either we'll see Simon Francis go back out wide and Nathan Ake could start. We could also possibly see Tyrone Mings, which would be a lot of fun. Uh, Mark Wilson is the other option that no, will Mark probably, Wilson is not an option. He'll probably start just to ruin all of the fun. But um, Mings is really cheap everywhere. 
Uh, Ake is really cheap on DraftKings, not as cheap on FanDuel, but um, I think you'll see a lot of people grab those guys. Even, I mean, the cent- playing at center back makes more sense on FanDuel, but I, I really like Simon Francis this week because he's playing out wide, and um, I don't think there's a shutout on either side of this game. Yeah, it would be very. You would be a very bold, bold man to try to predict a, a shutout on either side. Here. Yeah, I don't think that's possible. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's, and it's the, and it's not because like either team is particularly good at scoring. It's just because these teams are bad everywhere. Some of them sometimes. I mean, Stoke stunk out loud everywhere to start the season, and yeah, they're better now. Yeah, I think I, mean, I saw and, that they and Bournemouth on the road stink out loud. Yeah, they haven't. Stoke haven't lost with Shakiri on the field this year, which hasn't been that many games. But I think this is kind of a similar setup to Sunderland and Hull, except much better attacking pieces. Fair enough. That's that's that's, that's a good positive note to end this matchup on. Yeah. All right, let's get to the real game at 10 o'clock on Saturday that matters. Uh, that would be Southampton at home against Liverpool. This will be the game I will watch. Mm. This is the game I think will be extraordinarily entertaining and it's because it's the well-organized Southampton at home against the blitzkrieging Liverpool uh, uh, led by Jurgen Klopp and the midfield six, attacking six, that just seems to you – know, three of them seem to get on the board every single week. Uh, we've had this discussion every week for a long time now, and I'm going to start charting it. You know, like just watching the games, like oh, that's the third midfielder, the third midfielder who gets on the board with an assist or goal. I mean, last time I think it was uh, Lalana, mm-hmm. it was Firmino, it was um, Mane, Mane twice. Uh, Philip Coutinho got on the list, I believe. I think uh, James Milner as a defender got an assist, but he counts as a midfielder, or no, he counts as a defender now. So I mean, it depends where you are. Yeah, yeah. I do have a chart for you, by the way. I have that charted out already, but they're actually so. I w- I still don't know how I feel about this game. Um, because, uh, I, and I've spoken to a few different people about it and everyone I've spoken to except you, uh, is ready to just fade Liverpool completely. And that, that was before we found out that Coutinho and Firmino didn't get back from international duty until late Wednesday and neither trained Thursday. So they, they could potentially be playing off of one day of training, um, after coming back from South America. Lalana is probably not going to play, which means we'll probably see Sturge come in, although we could see Wijnaldum. We could see both if Coutinho and or Firmino sit as well. But like the, the stats are like, well, Liverpool uh, are much better at home uh, attacking-wise, which like isn't surprising, and Southampton are really good uh, defensively at home. But like they're really schedule-aided. Like, Liverpool has played nobody good at home. I think maybe, maybe one good team at home. And Southampton basically haven't played that many good teams uh, at home either. And so it's like the stats tell you that, that Liverpool should or that Southampton should control this match, but, like, they haven't played anybody like Liverpool yet at home. And so I'm just not sure it's it's that simple. It does become that simple, though, if Coutinho, Firmino, and Lalana don't start. I also think you might see James Milner move up to be a midfielder and they put Alberto Moreno back, <laughs> which would be, that that would be sketchy. Yeah, too. I guess you could do that. Yeah. I didn't even think about that, which is, yeah, that's, I mean, that, that could, they, they didn't move Milner saying, back there because he's a great left back. <laughs> correct. Like that could be, I mean, it, it, yeah, I mean, that could happen. I'm not saying that it would or should, yeah. but just something else to think about. 
And Southampton's um, fairly like Cedric's coming back. Bertrand uh, didn't play over the break, but he is fine. So it's like uh, same with uh, Fraser Forster. So I don't know. I, it's Friday at eight thirty seven a.m. and I still have no idea how I feel about this game yet. But many people who are smarter than me say that Liverpool should be avoided. Uh, I am not smarter than you, so I will say Liverpool should not be yeah, avoided. Stack that Liverpool attack. I mean, I would feel comfortable doing it. Uh, I mean, especially Sadio Mane in this case, because I think yeah. he'll be the feature guy. Okay. But I mean, if I mean, if that's the route you want to take, I just want. I was just saying, I like this game because I think it's going to be extraordinarily entertaining. Okay. Um, if I'm if I if I'm if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I'm going to go out on the, this is probably one of the thinnest limbs I've got on all time. <laughs> Uh, but I will say that Liverpool Southampton will be must watch television at 10 a.m. compared to all the rest of the games, which, to be honest, was a very low bar a- a- anyway. Yes. I think everyone will be anyone who can wake up for the 730 game on Saturday morning Eastern time will do that and then take a nap and just wait until the, the later game at 1230. Okay. But before we talk about that game, uh, I, I, you know, I just I'm sitting here. I just worked out and there's. There's one – I mean but when you work out, you just feel gross afterwards and I can tell you this much. When I go to work out, I never, never choose my Mack Weldon underwear to be my workout underwear because that is that, – that, that's my fancy underwear. That's my, that's my, that's my out and about underwear. So it's, it's comfortable. It, it basically what I'm trying to say is it's they, – they say it's for everyday use and it is. But I, I just I, I never want to feel gross in my in my fancy stuff. So that that's that's my that that's that's my advertisement for Mac Weldon today. So you can take it away from there. I will actually uh, like I do with a lot of things. I'm going to disagree with you that you will not feel gross if you wear those while working out. I've done it, and you feel significantly better. I don't know. I just feel like you. Should I, get, I get the idea. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. But you got to give it a try because everything feels better after working out with your Mac Weldon's on. I'm just, what I'm saying is, is I, 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 I put them on a different, a, a different plane, if you will. Like there's the <laughs> underwear drawer and then there's the Mac Weldon. The Mac drawer. Weldon drawer. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. And Mac Weldon is a, is a no, is a no workout because basically I feel like I've wasted it. Cause then I have to, I put it right. You put it right that. in the yeah. hamper for 45 minutes and then it's gone until you do laundry. And let's be honest, living in New York city, when are you going to do laundry? Let's be <laughs> honest here. That's a fair point. Fair point. Nope. All right, let's get to the 1230 game here. Usually your, my laundry is done by this point on Saturday, but it's Tottenham at home against West Ham. And yeah, I mean, you were saying that you like goals in this one for Tottenham. So please uh, let, tell me tell me why. Um, I actually think Tottenham and uh, Tottenham and home against West Ham is going to be very much like Everton at home against Swansea, that you have uh, a very strong favorite. You have a very goal dependent forward who we have seen score goals. This isn't like... Um, I'm trying to think of who would fit in that. This isn't Salomon Rondon. I mean, Lukaku and Harry Kane have a ton of goals in them. Wilfred Bonney. Yes, thank you. We don't know who's going to take corners. Uh, we're pretty sure Christian Eriksen is going to take free kicks. Um, we don't know how many they'll win. Um, we know that they're, you know, that defensively they have very good um, fullbacks. And we know the other team has one good player who could do a lot, of, but probably won't. Yeah, for me, for me, the I mean, the biggest thing for West Ham recently for me is that Andre Ayew has come back, mm-hmm. and I mean, he's someone that can help Dimitri Payet actually be be a playmaker still and not have to literally do everything. Yeah, I just don't. Um, think he, he he's not. I can't believe I'm about to say this. Like he's not Andy Carroll. He's not like the, a big box, a big body in the box. 
and I they just don't have like a a real focal point at the top of their attack. Diafrasako is back. Uh, I can't imagine he starts right away, but if they can work him in, um, then I think you'll start to see a little thing. Uh, you know, see them get a little better. But the you know they're playing this back three basically, um, which allows Cresswell to play wing back like Antonio does. It's just I don't similar to like I said some of this Everton Swansea game like uh, Tottenham are better than Everton. Dimitri Payet's better than Gilfie Sigurdsson, and I'll probably just avoid both of those guys. Here's my uh, here, here's the other thing you have to think about with Payet. Um, the rumors are getting stronger and stronger that he's going to leave in January. Well, the problem is he can't go to Real Madrid because Aaron Ramsey has that spot now. <laughs> Serenity now. All oh, right. is it PSG? Because yeah, PSG will be interested. PSG will be interested, I'm sure, and I mean, Premier League clubs will be interested as well. But I don't think that's an option. Um, you also still have teams like Juventus who have a ton of money after the Pogba sale and uh, well, AC Milan. Really. They spent it all with. Yeah, but, and yeah, but they, 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 I mean, they, if AC Milan wants to get back into the nat- like into the international picture, they, this would be a good get for them. But they are more interested in Daniel Sturridge for a reason I will never know. Payet's <laughs> um, also not that young, like. No, He's but twenty eight like, or twenty nine, which yeah, but it, I mean that's like that's like that's the pr- I mean they only give them four or five year contracts maximum, and that's kind of what you want here. I'm just saying, like Wayne Rooney's what thirty one, thirty two. Obviously, has more miles on him, but like yeah, he's but Pyatt <laughs> doesn't do it with speed. Like he's not speed dependent, so it's not like it's like his. If, let's say if Jamie Vardy has suddenly his legs go, he's useless. Yeah. Okay. Dimitri Payet is someone who's well composed and doesn't. I mean, he doesn't need to score to greatly affect the game. Mm-hmm. For example, he can also just dominate the middle of the park with just his smooth passing and operating. So, I, I don't know. I think he'd be a good get for anybody in January. I think he's probably going to be the highest profile player that may move in January. Yeah, I think he's going to stay. So, I think I, I mean, <laughs> Village has no intention of selling him. He has said yeah. so. So uh, it's. It's just something where this is. Remember, I remember what saying this after when Willian won Player of the Year for Chelsea. I'm like, if you're gonna sell him now, is the time he'll never be valued higher. Uh, and and knowing Chelsea, they'll have like eight other people that can do the same thing as him. And what do you know? They do, and Willian is now. I mean, he's not starting anymore. Yeah, which is really unfortunate. But we'll get to them in a second. Uh, for West Ham, if they're going to sell Dimitri Payet, now is the time. I mean, yep. If you wait till the end of the year, his value will go down because I think he's getting close to the end of his contract. But I think it's... he actually signed a new one recently. I think he signed one at the end of last year. I thought he signed another one, but specifically for this, for when somebody comes calling. But I agree. Uh, yeah, you're, yeah, right. you're right. You're right. He, he signed. Yeah, that's right. I, I, I forgot about that. He signed till he signed till 2020 or 2021, something like that. But which basically means his his fee is higher. But uh, right. it's for me. So strike that. So sorry about that. But for I mean, <laughs> well, it doesn't mean somebody's not going to pay it. They're going to be yeah. But I mean, no my point. My point is that his value will still never be higher. Okay. Especially because it's so rare to get someone that good in January. Yeah. I think we spent a lot of time talking about something that's not going to happen. I I I I've been so good about being non shenanigans oriented. So <laughs> okay. forgive me. Uh, you know we're 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 almost in December, which means we're almost in January. So that's that's how I feel about it. Um, we're we're we're, get, we're getting closer to all the rumors being 
coming to fruition or just being words on paper. All right, uh, a team that's been well, the team has been performing well on paper and on the pitch has been Chelsea, and they travel to Borough to take on the struggling uh, Borough offense and. Chelsea's defense still have not let up a goal since using the 3-4-3 for 90 minutes a game. Uh, I, think continue. The, I, think the te- I think the team that didn't want the international break the most was Chelsea. Yeah, for sure. Flying so high. And uh, the one interesting thing I saw, again, shenanigans oriented, is that Kurt Zuma may leave in January. <laughs> oh, that's ridiculous. I think so, too. Well, it would be like a swap deal for uh, Koulibaly at Napoli. Oh, yeah, I saw that, which is ridiculous but um i agree yeah no i think uh i don't think anybody can convince me that anybody from burrow is a good play on this no. sunday monday two game slate no i i i mean I, I mean i think a lot of people are going to be in on eden hazard i think a lot of people will be in on uh victor moses because he's relatively inexpensive for a midfielder uh i think I, was i the only one who ranked pedro in our um, rankings uh, I know I didn't. I know I didn't see him at least very high on most people's rankings, but uh, I actually ranked him significantly higher than you did. Perfect. Uh, your yours weren't done when I was done with. Oh, okay. That. Yeah. I I have him fifth. Yeah. I love Pedro uh, this week. Yeah. I, I mean, it, uh, it, there's literally not. I don't think there is a bad Chelsea option. You, this this could be a game where you see uh, uh, Nemanja Matić. I was just going to say this is a Ingolo Conte <laughs> assist game. Well, no, 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 no. If Nemanja Matić gets one more assist, he is now tied with Kevin De Bruyne in right. the league leading assists. Because I think uh, uh, Matic has five and De Bruyne has six. So it sounds about right. <laughs> or, or maybe it, it, anyway, I know that Ma- Matic has an insane number of assists, assists for the position in which he plays. Mm-hmm. So it, it, I don't even I really don't think there's a bad Chelsea option, which means that Burrow will win one nothing. Oh, no chance. <laughs> no, it, it's the, thing, the good thing about Chelsea's game is that it, it can travel on the road. Because it's still defensive oriented, they they press when they they press when they can, they stay organized, and finally they have covered up the lack of pace in their back line by simply having three of them in the middle of the park. That so, yeah. yep in the middle in the middle of defense. Excuse me, not at midfield. That's what, yeah, that's what. But but they 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 do not. Basically, what happens is is their center backs who are not very quick or not very good at defense in Louise's case. Uh, they are not tracking out wide against people who are nimble and quick and will just run right by them as if they are not there. Uh, so they've stopped that practice, thank goodness. And now – and another revelation has been Victor Moses at the right wing back. Seems like he's been playing there his entire life. Yeah, he looks good. Perfect he's, spot he's, been waiting, he's been waiting for that spot his entire life. Yep. Um, but from a fantasy perspective, it, it, it's all about Eden Hazard here. It's got to be. He's certainly by far the top choice, yes. And I think I, when you're talking about player of the year, I mean, Conte, I think, won manager of, of last month. And I, I'm not sure if they released player of the month yet, but Eden Hazard, I think, is a no-brainer there. Yeah, I agree. But, it, it, I mean, all systems are go from Chelsea. And uh, this this seems like it should be like 3-0, something like that. Yep, I agree. All right. To a game that we have, I think I will have a lot of goals, to a game where I think there will be no goals, is West Brom at home. No goals against Burnley on the Rome uh, on the road, who, which means no goals. And this is a game where even if I so basically for our daily dose that we're going to do in a minute, I was very sad to not be able to pick Tom Heaton. But even if he was available in this fixture, I don't know if I'd pick him. Yeah, no, I agree. One save uh, and, and, and maybe a win. 
or maybe maybe a clean sheet you know like you you would be dependent on the clean sheet win part of it and yep. that is a position i do not want to be when right I'm when you're looking at a clean sheet win for burnley on the road you know you're in the wrong spot well, I don't, for anybody like clean sheet wins to me are impossible to predict impossible clean sheet maybe like you like like you know nil nil draws but clean sheet wins that has been that is a practice in which i am not interested yeah i think that's appropriate yeah, I mean, especially for I'm thinking about for DraftKings particularly. Yeah, I'd rather just try to find someone who'll get four or five saves. Yep, that that's enough for me. Agreed. <sighs> Speaking of DraftKings, because I'm sorry, do you think there are any goals in this one? Is there anyone offensively or defensively you would take? I mean, maybe Matthew Lowton from Burnley. Um... Uh, you're really reaching here. Like Craig Dawson is would be an option. Chris Brunt maybe if you think that West Brom will take some corners. Uh, I mean, it's. There if you're is playing that two games late, you have to take somebody from this game. Yeah, um, I mean, for for me, I don't know. yeah, for me, for me, the safest pick would be like Matthew Phillips or Chris Brunt, whoever starts in that position. Yeah, I think that's fair. That's it. That, uh, is, and it, that, yeah. that is that is really it. Yeah. Everyone else, I mean, I mean, you you can you can go for Sam Vokes if you think that Burnley will score or Andre Gray. I'm not on that train. I agree. All right. Uh, a train that's really gone one direction is the DraftKings Daily Dose. Uh, so this is what game week number 12. 12. So it means I am 2 and 11. Because I did 2. Yep. That, but, however, last time we played, uh, I did score 120 some odd points, but you scored 130 some hmm. odd points. So it was it was a high scoring affair. But you did, of course, as usual, come out on top. With that in mind, I will start with goalkeeper and defense here. Uh, I have I actually took Lee Grant uh, from Stoke because Bournemouth are just pretty bad on the road. Um, I also took Simon Francis. I still think this game is not going to be um, very entertaining, but I still want to take Simon Francis just because for uh, nostalgia's sake. Uh, at 3,300, and a guy who I think will play midfield and will get a lot of crosses will be James Milner. I think he'll be even more important now, even though he's 6,400. As a 6,400 midfielder, he's one of the best values out there. And it, it, as a defender, it just even makes it more so. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, I also went with Francis at 33. Um, I went with Ron Robert Zeiler because uh, he's going to get the start. Casper Schmeichel's out with a broken hand. At Watford, um, I'm actually more hoping on saves than I am on a win That's clean a sheet call. there. Um, and at 5000 is like a, a decent price given that most of the other guys are more expensive. Yeah. And yeah, I think Grant is more expensive. Yeah, yeah, there you go. I also paid up for a defender, but I went with Danny Rose at 5600 because I think um, there are a few people who point this out that the uh, West Ham midfielders are allergic to getting back on defense, and that should uh, treat Rose quite well. Yep. Yeah. Rose. Yep. Definitely. I'm. I'm. I'm all for it. I, I really love the Ron Roberts Siler pick. I'm a little jealous. <laughs> yeah. I, so in midfield, I have three midfielders. Uh, technically, three. Three or four depends. Anyway, I'll just do the two midfielders in my utility. So I have Yannick Bellassi at 7,300. I have Kevin De Bruyne at 9,000. First name on the sheet for me, and a name that I really can't stand is on the sheet. Chucky Adam at uh, 3,800. Uh, you just said the exact same midfield I have. Fantastic. At forward. Darn, now I'm going to have to switch everything. Uh, I will say that I, I originally did not have Belassi. I, I can't remember who else I had in a spot, but um, I had, uh, man, what was it? So I have that, those midfielders, and then my forwards are Sergio Aguero and Joshua King. Oh, and, so close to my forwards. Well, I, 
I originally, I, I wish I could think of who the utility one was because um, I forget. But I, I, when I first built the lineup, I had De Bruyne, Aguero, Lukaku, and Kane. And I was like, that's that's doable, but I'm I'm really goal dependent at that point. But I may roll that one out in some sort of GPP because that, I mean, those guys, those are the goal scorers. Yep, and uh, the only difference I have, I have Aguero, but I also have Andre Ayew to mm-hmm. round out my lineup. Yeah, uh, they love Ayew against Tottenham, that's why. Yeah, I mean, Ayew, to me, he's another player that doesn't have to score, but he probably will have to score or get an assist to be completely useful. But to be honest, it's at the forward position at that price, it's at 5600 there's really not much there. Um, yes, that's why you save money elsewhere. Yes, I know. I'm, a little, <laughs> I'm still jealous of Ron Robert Zeiler, but yeah, I know. The, the thing is, I, I paid up for James Milner, and that was the, oh, that's right. Yep, yep. That, that that was that was the issue. But uh, I mean, I did channel. I did try to channel him as much of my inner Andrew Laird as possible. But uh, I will probably come up three points short because Ron Robert Zeiler will get two more saves or something than Lee Grant and prove that his value was way better. <laughs> but again, uh, I have been Mike Gottlieb, and he has been Andrew Laird. Hopefully, hopefully. I can get a win and sneak out of this DraftKings thing with just a little bit of a better pathetic record. But for Andrew, I have been Mike. Uh, thank you to Mac Weldon. But be sure to go to MacWeldon.com, uh, 20% off your first order with the promo code ROTOSOCCER. So good luck to everyone this weekend, and we will catch you next week to review all of the Game Week 12 action. Talk to you then. Thank you for listening to the RotoWire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer.